Three, two, one. That's an awfully hot coffee pot. Should I listen to this podcast? Probably not. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. This is a Sardonic Cast. Um, and that was uh, Tom Hardy from Venom. That was a quote from Venom. Who else is here? Oh, the, oh um, really? Yeah. Not the second one? Yeah, it's the second one. I just I just call it Venom because it's, it's like... It's like Kill Bill. It's like they, you know, it's like just one film I consider it, you know, because they planned out the whole thing. <laughs> Who else is uh, here? <laughs> I'm Alex from IHE. Um Yeah, I'm Ralph Seppi from Ralph the Movie Maker. Oh. So that that Venom quote threw me off so hard. I was like wrapping my brain. Like, what is, what is he saying? The stupidity. Something about teapot. <laughs> I'm really excited for it still. It's going to be good. Mm. Alex, you got COVID again. <laughs> Yeah. How, that How many people do you know that have had it twice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> one. Yeah. No one. Can you guess who that is? Yeah. <laughs> I went to London for the first time in a couple of years and just immediately got it. Yeah. Um, so that's been my life for the last 10 days in isolation. Shit. As we're recording this, it's my last day in isolation. I mean, compared to the first time I had it, it, it is like night and day. Um, I recovered way quicker. The symptoms were not as bad this time around. It's great to hear. Yeah, because, you know, it's all, like, respiratory-related, so I'm quite concerned about like, my lungs. And mm -hmm. uh, the, you can hear in the episodes we recorded, like, in 2020 when I had it that time, just the breathing and how it was affecting that side of it. I'm so mm -hmm. glad I didn't have that this time. It was, I did lose my taste, though. You lost your taste, but you could still breathe. Yeah, I'll take breathing, I guess, if I yeah. had to choose out of those two. I'd rather Is breathe. your taste still gone? Um, no, my taste has slowly come back okay, over, okay. over the days. So I was reading these like articles like on how to like restart your taste buds or whatever, like by <laughs> eating all these extreme flavors and spicy things and mustards and just try and get it going again. And it, it really did work. Okay. Oh, it did? Mm -hmm. Okay. Like really slowly. You like each day. really like, yeah, I guess over. It is weird, like eating buds. food and yeah. like tasting with memory, even though there's no taste. Oh, it's weird. like a really weird sensation. It's like all about the texture. It's horrible. Yeah. So I just ate bags of <laughs> kale. Well, Ooh. I'm glad to hear okay. you're doing better. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> I was just, yeah, I just horrible. got back from Vegas yesterday. <laughs> I went from, yeah. oh yeah, I went from being like a fucking hermit for like <laughs> a year and a half, like the last time i yeah, left my same. country the last time i left my city was january 2020 for sundance and then mm -hmm. i've been taking covid super super fucking seriously and at this point it's like well if you can't beat them join them i'm double vaccinated so fuck it i'm just gonna travel wear a mask and uh fuck everything you know <laughs> like i don't know yeah, i'm just like i'm so fatigued point. and exhausted yeah, probably probably Vegas wasn't the best idea. There's probably other places I could have gone, but my friend, I had a friend organize that one. So, how like safe did you feel in Vegas? How Not at it? all during many parts of it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. There were uh, there were some situations that were like particularly anxiety inducing where it's like is it it's not even about the amount of people but it's the amount of assholes who are all doing the like chin diaper thing and it's like okay this is stupid uh -huh. and then you got like packed restaurants where it's like okay so nobody's wearing a mask in this entire place because we're all eating 
but there's like there's no social mm-hmm. distancing happening at all like it's 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 like there's no pandemic basically it was ab- actually crazy but oh, yeah. i tested negative yeah. so i could get on the plane back to canada and i test I'll, I'll i'll get another test in a few days just to make sure but double vaccinated young healthy i think so i think i'll be fine i'm just avoiding my roommates until i get another test but yeah yeah it's a surreal time man yeah. i can't believe this yeah Especially my luck. <laughs> One could argue that now is the worst time to travel, but it could also be the best time to travel. It could just keep getting it's worse. Cheap to travel. That's a good thing. About yeah, our it. hotel room was like super cheap. cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, Hotels and the plane tickets are cheap. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I've. I've got. I've got more travel plans coming up. It's just the risk reward now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you get sick, but if you're vaccinated, it's likely you're. Not going to get. If you're young and vaccinated, you're not going to get sick at all. Healthy, yeah, know, right. Compromised like, immune system. I don't think it's a huge stuff. risk for me. Yeah, and yeah. also like depending on what you're yeah. doing, we didn't go to any clubs. We didn't do a lot of stupid shit we could have done, but <laughs> there were some areas that were just that, that were stupid that we didn't really plan for. We mostly just hung yeah, out by ourselves. Going on the, like going on the tubes in London was quite. <laughs> quite stressful because mm-hmm. it's all, you're already like a, in a sardine can underground with like shoulder to shoulder with people and mm-hmm. loads of people weren't even wearing masks as well yeah. on, the, on the tube it's just like okay whatever. yeah what happens happens on i guess the, um on both the flight so this is like the first flight i've taken all pandemic and it's like mm, a two course, and a half yeah. hour flight it's not that long and yet they still do the cart with snacks and drinks and stuff and it's like okay everybody's in this like circulated air tube <laughs> and we're all wearing mm-hmm. masks and then for i don't know half an hour or whatever it's like okay mask off time it's like well what's the f- that kind of undoes <laughs> everything that we're <laughs> that we're trying to accomplish yeah, yeah. right a lot of and, it seems like psychological yeah like, uh, do you have the routine in restaurants where it's like you wear a mask to go and sit down and then everyone just takes it off when you're sat down but yeah you, like go to the toilet you put it back on because you're like stood up that makes that makes enough <laughs> sense for me because if if the majority of it is through droplets then it's like okay it, it is more of a proximity yeah, yeah. thing and it, at the restaurants in vancouver it's either like there's enough distance between the tables or there's like some sort of plastic separator or something who knows it could be just mm-hmm. completely psychological too you know safest place is always going to be outdoors where transmission is relatively low but yeah it's like it's this whole thing is just so silly and weird on the plane ride back there was a kid just like with a comically large lollipop just like looking at the entire time i'm like man you could probably just do that as an adult if you really wanted to be an asshole just like i'm eating i'm still eating i'm eating the whole flight i'm just licking this shit Mm -hmm. you know like yeah i haven't even thought about planes like it's just like another yeah we just designed everything around being sandwiched together so when you've got to do the opposite it's like impossible as much stuff in as possible well the airline companies wanted to sell more seats (laughs) without yeah, mm-hmm. it makes Without sense. Larger yeah. aircrafts or more flights. So, well, first class, you know, you got more room. Yeah, but you pay a it's shit just ton more, more money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a ridiculous amount of money. You know what else um, makes a ridiculous can we talk amount about of money? Spider Man? Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's Home it called? Bound. Right. Spider Man Homeward Bound 2 <laughs> Lost in San Francisco. Spider Man <laughs> Homeward Bound. Yeah. <laughs> uh no way home no it's no way home yeah it looks pretty <laughs> good 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I like when they like combine random characters like Doctor Strange and Spider Man. There's potential there. There's antics. Oh, it's like they're part of that. the same Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I hope it's not like Ready Player One, where it's a bunch of references. So I just saw the trailer like 30 seconds, well, before the podcast, yeah. Yeah. I well, just can't get over how bad Spider-Man's suit still looks. Compared to the <laughs> Raimi films, it's like, it looks so much more fake. It looks so much less a part of the universe. Like, apparently he wears a real suit when they film it, and they just CG the fuck out of it in ways that don't even look convincing. You know? Yeah, it's very cartoonish, like when he's got his... Iron Man spider suit with the robot arms coming out the back. I get it. The action is just like on a different level than it used to be like on these Sam Raimi movies. It's mm-hmm. like you got these trains like spinning around in like a vortex now. It's it's so cartoonish like the action in these movies is so removed from anything real um, like these suits you know. I mean yeah I always prefer that old Sam Raimi just how it looks in frame with him in the costume but Mm-hmm. Times are changing, man. The DH in the Sam Raimi characters now. It's, it's all full circle. And Sam mm. Raimi's directing a Marvel movie, too, but it's yeah, not this one. It's a Doctor Strange film. And there's a bunch of memes. So Spider Man not uh, in that movie? Who knows? Well, I guess who knows? So. Maybe a cameo. There's a bunch of memes on the uh, Sam Raimi subreddit where people are pretending like he's going to steal the budget for Doctor Strange and just make Spider Man 4 instead without telling Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be funny. I mean, I'd support that. So, I want another Toby film. Well, yeah, you'll probably show Sam Raimi should have been directing this new Spider-Man if they're going to have Raimi characters in it. Because John Watts doesn't really... He's not like a necessary element to the success of the uh, <laughs> the new Spider-Man film. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no <laughs> not at all. style. Yeah, you could replace him with anybody else and you get the same movie, or maybe a better one. Yeah. Uh, who's the Ant-Man guy? Peyton Reed? Oh, no. Peyton. Uh, yeah? Yeah. I think it is. That is his name. Yeah, it is Peyton Reed. Well, I don't know what to say about New Spider-Man other than it looks like a film that will surely come out this Christmas. Unless unless <laughs> there's a... Where are we? Is it the Greek alphabet that we're going? A Delta variant? What's after Delta. Unless there's a new b- variant, <laughs> unless they drop a sick new variant this Christmas, <laughs> then Disney will pull out. Should I look this up? I mean, I'm not an expert in the Greek alphabet. Is it I'm Greek? Sorry. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. There's a <laughs> unless we unless we get the Zeta variant or something. <laughs> yeah. Unless we get like a bunch of more variants between now and then. Yeah, whatever. They'll just put it on Disney Plus or something. There's another thing I kind of wanted to bring up. Unless you had anything else to say about the new Spider-Man film that looks just well, it looks like pretty good. another Spider-Man film. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I'll wait until another trailer's out. I'm concerned that the uh, Raimi section will be like 30 seconds. <laughs> so, I'm concerned yeah. it's going to be a bunch of references like Ready Player. Oh, yeah, yeah God. If we get another Space Jam, but like it's a Spider-Man? Movie. Oh, yeah, fuck. Like that. Like, I just oh, God. It. Oh, look, it's the Green Goblin. Oh, look, it's uh, oh, Scorpion. Please, no. Oh, look. <laughs> or it's just like a bunch of nonsense, you know? Yeah, referencing the early 2000s. It's just a bizarre concept. And I think the only reason I'm able to digest it is because the Spider-Verse movie was good. And that's about it. And they did nail the casting for those characters, too, because it's rumored. Well, you can hear, like, Willem Dafoe's, like, laugh, like, Mm -hmm. in the background. And they show the Green Goblin ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they did nail the casting with, like, most of the 
characters in those Raimi movies. Like Jay Jonah's also just back, like the same actor. So that doesn't really bother me too much. I mean, it's more how it's done. Yeah, how reference heavy is it going to be? Is it actually just going to be part of the story, and they're going to be characters in there? Can or is they it put more Big Chungus just... in the new Spider-Man? I think that would make it. <laughs> no, that's the, the the one after. Mm. Mm. And I said, like, the story just makes sense because, uh, like, Peter Parker wants to reverse time. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. It's going to be, it, like, I'm concerned it's yeah. just going to be fucking Christmas Carol, where Doctor Strange is like, <laughs> I need to show you what would happen if you did this. If you, if you don't stop living a double life, then MJ will fucking commit society or some shit. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. But if I fucked up that bad, like Peter Parker does, I would go to Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. So I'm like, okay, that leads makes sense. Yeah. Why Peter would do that. And Doctor Strange is in the story, you know. <laughs> I guess that works. Yeah, and they do a whole movie about like messing with time and how it's like a bad. Idea. I guess it's magic. Whatever. I'm thinking about it too much. The rules just don't matter. <laughs> the, this kind yeah. of yeah. Maybe it's all an illusion. But yeah, it's like a Christmas Carol type thing where none of it's real. It's all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who the hell knows? It, it should be cool. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it'll it'll be out on Christmas, and we'll probably see it unless there's eight thousand new variants. In which case, it'll move to Disney Plus, a streaming service. You know what else is a streaming service? Fucking Paramount Plus. But nobody wants to Bam. sign up for it because nobody cares. Wait, Paramount has one. But <laughs> there's a crazy story about this is that uh, South Park creators, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, have signed a deal with Paramount Plus to make six more seasons of South Park and 14 films. And I want you to, without looking it up, to guess how much money they just made off this deal. Did you say 14 films? Yes. <laughs> That's a lot of films. Whoa. Um, okay, are we talking in the hundreds of millions here? I'm not giving you any hint. Oh, man. I'm gonna, I uh, want you to just fucking guess. I'm going to guess 300 million. What's your guess, Ralph? Uh, sure, 300 million. $900 million. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's almost Whoa. a billion dollars. They're never going to make that back One off of Paramount Plus streaming service. They're never going to get that money back. <laughs> Nobody's going to fucking sign it. It doesn't even matter South if Park, South Park's though. on it. People are just going to toward that shit. That's crazy. Pa Paramount Plus and Peacock are like the two streaming services in particular where everybody thinks that's too much. I'm not getting it. Like that's that's the tipping point for most people. I don't think I don't think a South Park season or film or any number of them is going to change that. They're never making that that's, money back. That's crazy. That's absolutely yeah, I fucking I thought they already streamed Good South Park like on their website. Because they're already fucking rich. Holy shit. <laughs> Can you imagine being them? And, and and now here's the question. Did they haggle or or was or did, was Paramount just like, yeah, 900 million? Like <laughs> did they just do that right away or yeah, do you think that they they think that they uh had really good lawyers? There's probably some negotiation honestly <laughs> for that figure, yeah. Well, yeah, what what else is actually on that streaming service? What else is there? I don't know. <laughs> Mission Impossible? Is that Paramount? Fucking Dude. some Spielberg movies here and there? I guess that's the answer. Is, like, it, uh... is Transformers Paramount? Yeah, I think so. It doesn't matter. 14 yeah. more films. It doesn't matter what's <laughs> yeah, on it. It's a... too much now. Mm -hmm. Just fucking sign a just fucking merge with another more popular streaming service. Sign sign a fucking I don't deal. Know. <laughs> say say like you'll yeah, we'll, you'll get access to like our entire good... catalog for like a share of your subscribers or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot of money. I think Disney bought Star Wars for like four billion, and this is like one billion. Or just yeah, about. 
Yeah, so like about one fourth. Which is wacky. Maybe one fifth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is I don't South know. Park. Yeah, this is like South Park. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Although I'd rather watch fourteen more South Park films than fourteen more Star Wars films. True. Told me there are fourteen more coming. Yeah, I go, same. Oh, fucking kill me! But South Park, I'm actually <laughs> excited for. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe at this point, Star Wars is worth a billion dollars. <laughs> I'm curious um, why it's specified like between these movies and these seasons of the show. Like, what what does it mean by movies? Because their their movies yeah. were already kind of like stitched together episodes of the show anyway. Like they even did like special kind of movie tier episodes that were like three or four episodes combined. Well, really. I, I guess that's what they'll the, be doing. For I, the I just watched movies. South Park, so I'm glad you brought this up. Mm-hmm. Like, I just watched the, the COVID special they had last year. Oh, yeah. Is that what the quarantine special? Oh, is yeah. That yeah, was the... yeah, it was like, it was pretty good, but it was like an hour long. It was like one big episode instead mm-hmm. of a few episodes. Um, but, so I imagine it'll be like that. It works in any format. South Park is something where I get the most enjoyment out of it if I'm watching it right away, like right as it's coming out, because it's so politically and culturally relevant. Like that's what the whole show is, is like current events, basically. And it's fun to try and like figure out like, oh, here's the angle they're going with this one as the episode's playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't I don't rewatch a lot of older South Park, you know? Yeah, same. It's not that kind of show. Mm-hmm. It's it's a relevant show where you don't go back and watch like the old ones because yeah. they're irrelevant unless they're like really good like yeah. the Kanye Gay Fish one. There's like, there's some funny. classics <laughs> or like the really iconic ones, but it's mostly like about seeing the newest ones. Like what are they? What's yeah. their take on this new thing? You know what was their take on last year's quarantine? And you know that's the funny part. The video games I think are really funny. I really like the video games because it's just like yeah. playing a season of the show. Like, yeah. yeah. I love I love the it's way really that the fun. video games are designed and how they feel like the show. I'm not a big fan of like turn-based combat unless it's Pokemon, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that was a thing. Just wanted to <laughs> let you know that cool. <laughs> Mad Maybe Stone and Trey Parker just made nine hundred million dollars. <laughs> just oh, stole it from thing. Paramount, yeah, basically. It's just obscene. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah it's dope. <laughs> Another movie news thing that is going to tie into something else we're uh, fucking doing. Mr. I believe it's Sir David Ayer. He's knighted. He's not. Uh, David Ayer, <laughs> famous uh, special special boy director. Uh, he sent out a tweet saying, my turn. And there's like this big, like three pages that he typed up in Microsoft Word uh, <laughs> where he's basically just saying that he wants to do a... Uh, like a Snyder cut of the first Suicide Squad, I think. Is this what it is? Yeah. Oh. I didn't read this whole thing. People were telling me this on my Twitch what? chat. I didn't realize he did like a whole Word doc. Well, this has been rumbling for a while, hasn't it? I put my life into Suicide Squad. I made something amazing. My cut is intricate and emotion. My cut is oh. intricate and emotional journey. Well, holy shit, oh you didn't even prove free this. That's so <laughs> uh, my cut is intricate and emotional journey with some, quote, bad people who are shit on and discarded. And then in parentheses, a theme that resonates in my soul. Uh, the studio cut is not my movie. Read that again. You should have read it again. You would have noticed that sentence didn't work. Uh, <laughs> and... Oh my god, the next paragraph starts with the word and. And my cut is is not the 10-week director's cut. Dash. 
It's a fully wow. mature edit by Lee Smith standing on the incredibly work by John Gilroy. How did you fucking post this? Oh my god! On the incredibly work. <laughs> it's all Stephen Price's brilliant okay. score with not a single radio song in the whole thing. It has traditional character arcs, amazing performances, a solid third act resolution. A handful of people have seen it. If someone says they have seen it, they haven't. Okay, what if they're part of the handful of people? Uh, so yeah, should be clear by now, I dan't have any quit in me. What? How did you post this, like David? This? It's still up. It yeah, isn't even archived. I dan't is this have real? any... This is real. Is this real? This is his verified account. Like, I'll send you this. Hold on. I gotta... Okay. Yeah, send the link. I was trying to find it on his Twitter. I couldn't see it. Yeah, I was trying to read. Yeah, it I started reading from the second page there. Mm -hmm. That's that's real, right? <laughs> that's real. Oh, my oh yeah, <laughs> my turn. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So yeah, should be clear by now. I dan't have any quit in me. Never have. And why should I? Every day breathing is a gift. I, though my story was going to end in a grave or a cell long ago. How can you have, <laughs> how can you posted this? You've never, uh, this oh is... my God. Uh, so I'm starting, I, 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 I was thinking it was like, I, I mean, I guess Warner Brothers is partially to blame, but now I'm like, I can't. David Ayer seems like a fucking idiot. Holy shit. This is amazing. Well, yeah, uh, it's it's not the same thing as the Snyder Cut. Yeah. I, th I think that came up together a bit better. So these I'm living are bonus rounds. <laughs> I'm so honored and blessed to have the career I do. Quit after my kids watched me come home every day after the studio takeover of the edit with my heart torn out. Who would I be to them if I quit? I have I've never told my side of the story and never will. Oh, so maybe he doesn't want to do a, a Snyder cut. Let's see. Okay, he's just he's just basically me tooing Warner Brothers right now. I guess. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's literally okay. The last two sentences. I appreciate your patience. I will no longer speak publicly on this matter. So now I guess I guess the story is other people want to see a uh, an Ayer cut based off of this post is that's the story. But yeah, this was yeah, sent to me and holy it. shit, I had never read it and I thought that it would be uh, at least coherent, but I guess after mm -hmm. watching that's Suicide Squad I shouldn't have expected that. That's there hilarious. Was a lot of, um, that's amazing. Sorry, I wanted to mention Batfleck too. Like on Ben Affleck's birthday there's like make oh. the Batfleck movie, make another Ben Affleck Batman movie, you know, there's like a lot of hashtags of that. Oh, Wait, was he Twitter endorsing stream. it? I thought he like wanted to be <laughs> away from it. Do the bat yeah, cut. Yeah, so I think that just kind of went away. Do the Bartman. Do you think there's any chance of it happening? No, <sighs> I don't. I think it's unlikely. It can you imagine? Like all kind of done with that, right? I mean, can you imagine if the DC universe is just like a bunch of redos? <laughs> <laughs> and that's all it is from this point on like yeah well it's all very one. disconnected i'm not sure where any of it really fits in yeah yeah you have to basically take it as it comes anyway there's a lot of movies that aren't really that connected like where's harley quinn fit in all that stuff <laughs> like i mean her movie and it's like all this other stuff going on i don't know it's it's kind of a mess speaking of suicide squad we watched the suicide squad the real one. Yeah, Sorry, David. 
Yours ones isn't the Suicide the new Squad. One. This is the only you don't have one. The, the, so you're not legitimate. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. illegitimate. What'd you think? Oh, did you rewatch the other one? No. Suicide no, Squad? No, fuck no. no? What Good. the f- <laughs> Why would I do that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I've yeah, seen I, it, I think I've seen well. it recently, like last year, just to rewatch it. <laughs> no. It's terrible. It's yeah. it's one of the worst fucking it, it it you're right, it is the worst DC movie. It's worse than Batman versus Superman. Okay. It's 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 the worst one. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Yeah, I, I would say so. Maybe the second Wonder Woman at this point is kind of going up there, but I still think this is the worst one. Suicide that comes Squad, close. and it's mainly because it's ugly and it's boring. And mm. this movie, The Suicide Squad, is not ugly. It's not boring. It's pretty funny. It's it's night and day. The tone yeah. and the presentation, <laughs> just the image. Those are those are visible. gigantic factors here. Sure. And this new film, sure, there are moments where it seems like it's trying to be cool, but for the most part, it's just, you know, there are some legitimate fun parts where it's like, okay, the tone mm-hmm. of what you're going for here is actually reflected in the film. It's not just a, it's not just an attempt. There's some actual mm-hmm. cohesion it's there. It's actually embracing right? the, yeah. the concept, because that's what's yeah. fun about the whole Suicide Squad thing. Yeah. James Gunn, he adds a lot of personality Mr. Gunn. to it. Uh-huh. He was well, good. the perfect it, it, it fit, isn't it? Writer. Yeah. Because yeah. the whole gimmick really is like the, the misfit writing. superhero characters that yeah. no one likes and that are just a joke punching bag. Like, yeah, that like was like the joke man. of the whole movie. Is that yeah. it's very clear these these guys are like the outcasts, the misfits, and it's really funny to watch. They're them all die like real and, like, DC <laughs> characters. So you yeah. can go on the wiki and be like, <laughs> oh, in like the seventies, like, yeah, exactly. Whatever it is, they're still not really villains. They still save the day and have a moral compass, which is kind of a gripe that I have with these fucking villain movies. But whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's its own thing. Yeah, Harley Quinn's like you I can't because there's so many characters. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's like yeah, polka yeah. dot man. <laughs> yeah, DC has a huge catalog of weird villains like that. Yeah, of course, but because it's full book. of so many characters. <laughs> yeah, because it's like so dense with characters. It actually has that underlying tension of you know the Suicide Squad in the name. Like people are blowing up violently left and right. There is actually some question mark as to who's going to make it to the end. Yeah. Don't, like Harley Quinn or Idris Elba, but the rest of them, it's pretty much up there. So there's like some actual surprises and excitement from yeah. that side of the movie. Fucking spoiler alert, everybody! We're talking spoilers. I just trust. I trusted James Gunn with this. It's it's very much a James well, yeah. Gunn movie around. It feels like a, yeah, it has a combination of everything he's been. Yeah, it's got all the actors he likes using. It's got just elements of all the kind of campy exploitation stuff he's always enjoyed with like the horror stuff. With yeah, the, the kind of starfish villain yeah, comes it's in. It's really and, violent and bloody. Yeah, like, the group <laughs> movie the with the <laughs> and the humor as well is obviously a, a big focus, and it's that typical James Gunn sort of. You know, throw a lot of the wall, and I'd say like seventy percent of it's really funny. Um, every yeah. now and again, there's one that like ruins it for me, but it's just overall so consistent, and the pacing so quick. It's competent. You're never like hung up, which is a crazy mm-hmm. thing to have <laughs> with a film that says yeah. Suicide Squad in the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there were characters that actually died, and that was pretty cool. Fucking Scrat died at the beginning, or whatever. You know, like uh, what was the name? It was like a ferret. Well, that's like the gag of that whole beginning. The the, the character that was yeah the, the oh, crossover yeah, from Ice Age. Yeah. Oh, that's what you mean. Like, Scrat. Yeah, yeah it, it was Weasel. Yeah. Oh, that, that's what Scrat's gonna look yeah. like in like Ice Age yeah. twenty five. Yeah. Were you yeah. waiting for then Katana to come out? 
Oh god, no. Rick flags. This is Katana. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad that they just Sword replaced the some of the characters. Yeah, fuck that line. I hate that. It's so cringe. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, there are some moments in, in this film that are also, like, kind of cringe humor. Like, what you just referenced right there is very it's, much... It's far more self-aware in this film. There isn't, like, a, what are we, some kind of suicide squad? They don't, they don't say the title. And this is also a comedy, like you, like you said. Like it's way more clear the tone of it. There are very clear comedic attempts in the first film. Um, yeah, none of it works. Work. There are moments yeah. like that in this newest film, for sure, where I I feel like it didn't work, and it was just for the uh, I'm so random crowd sort of thing. One of the moments that stuck out to That's me was just like Harley Quinn, though, isn't it? I am walking back and <laughs> yeah. forth. I was like, ugh, I rolled my eyes. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I found really interesting about this is that it's like it's like a combination of old James Gunn and new James Gunn because he used to do a bunch mm-hmm. of gory fun stuff and then he started doing Disney movies and now this just feels like the logical mesh of those two which is pretty fun yeah 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 mm-hmm. I think it works a lot better because he loves the edginess and the, like the R-rated edginess is he's allowed to just do what he wants so yeah people are getting exploded there's crazy violence yeah mm-hmm. and the gentleness he likes too yeah, lots of language. Oh, yeah, lots of language. Uh, there's a, ca- a character, Calendar Man. <laughs> he has a funny line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't I believe I've seen Calendar, Calendar Man, Man in a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It was funny just to see them. Mm-hmm. I think it worked well for the most part. Yeah. I wasn't completely into it the entire time. It was, it was a really passive experience for me. It wasn't really like an active one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a superhero film. There's, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I, the people who defend it the hardest argue that it should be a passive experience and say turn your brain off sort mm-hmm. of thing right so oh, not right. really what I'm looking for but yeah it's it's a gigantic improvement and I think that that should be recognized I like this tradition of just throwing the older directors under the bus and pretending like the studio didn't have anything to do with the first film's failure yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so most people are like David A you you piece of shit but it's really like, it's, I mean, as much as David Ayers has proven himself to be kind of a dummy, it is mostly Warner Brothers' fault, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't a James Gunn at the time. James yeah. Gunn just has so much more like power yeah. in the industry compared to him. This only happened because Mike Cernovich concerned trolled a bunch of Republicans together to try and cancel James True. Gunn over old tweets. So the moral of this True. story <laughs> is cancel people. And you'll get good yeah. movies, I guess. You get you get the, m- the most interesting superhero movie in yeah, so. and it'll have the opposite effect. <laughs> They'll become yeah. more famous and successful. Yeah, it's um, like the only way the variables could come together to make a good Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, it's like, and it's then too he made a movie a like this fit. too. Like it's not like it's a really hardcore movie, like lots of violence and language. Like mm-hmm. James Gunn didn't even give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it is good actually because we got this movie. That's a good thing to point. Always out. cancel. <laughs> I think I was more into it than you were. Maybe yeah, more like eighty twenty. Yeah, sure. like not all the humor works, but I thought for the most part it was funny. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that bad in it. Like, like yeah, I thought we, it was we could argue like funny. the comedy a little bit, but for the most part, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Most of my enjoyment came from imagining other people enjoying it. You know, and I was like, "Damn, this is probably <laughs> someone's favorite movie." I was like, "This is this is probably like awesome for some people." And I was like, King "I feel Shark happy for you." People was pretty funny, like the guy's head and like his eyes were still moving. Like, I like when I he said "Om nom nom" and then ate stuff a guy. like that. 
I just like the blood. <laughs> yeah, me funny. too. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like good. a novelty, you know. And he's really efficient in how he's able to like characterize everyone. Me, James Gunn. And yeah. Even, yeah, yeah. Even with the characters that do return from that first movie, there's that like, like generic army guy. Um, he's like the, the Robocop remake guy. Can't remember the actor's <laughs> name. Oh, yeah. But he comes back and they, they actually give him a bit of a dynamic and, you know, they murder, what's his face, Boomerang Man or something in the beginning. <laughs> it's like kind of loosely connected because they, they do I guess so. basically they finish, um, yeah. Harley Quinn's like arc. It's like split between three movies and it's kind of concluded in this one. There's like a vague reference to, um, like being with Joker in, uh, the original Suicide Squad, and then her going through that in uh, Birds of Prey. Is that what it was called? And I guess the now it's immaculate con- constipation it has three is yeah. Harley Quinn. But yeah, it, I think the way they handled Harley Quinn was really good in this movie. I, I'd kind of convinced myself that I just didn't get on with that character after like her solo movie and that Suicide Squad movie, but James Gunn makes her work here. She's like given enough. She gets her own set pieces. She has some good, some genuinely good jokes, setup lines, and it's good yeah. payoffs. Even John there Cena. Was, there like, was one uh, moment John, that I thought was funny. John Cena was funny. John Cena, man. Like, <laughs> in all John the movies Cena. I've seen him in before this, he was like a real standout in terms of you're like straight up just ruining this movie for me. <laughs> You ruined the friend like, movie. <laughs> you ruined yeah, the Fast and Furious dad. Um, but no, he's like perfectly cast. It's like the same thing that James Gunn did in like Guardians of the Galaxy with Dave Bautista. It's like he knows how to write for that kind of actor, I think, and uses him well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm still kind of annoyed by Harley Quinn. She's the least annoying in this film. She didn't do as much, I guess. I just like I not just like how she acts and how irritating her voice is when she's performing this character. I don't I don't even hate like Margot Robbie. I just really hate this character. Like she's fine in other movies. Mm -hmm. It's just this weird. I feel like it's constantly attached to like this whole hot topic cringe vibe. And (laughs) yeah, there was one moment that I thought was funny. I thought the line where. um she was like, so I did the healthy thing and I murdered him. Like, I was like, ah, that was kind of, you know, mm-hmm. that was more to the for the writing than the, the character, I guess. But then it's also kind of yeah, conflicting like when she's like, oh, I have a moral compass and this is, you can't do that to children. And it's like, okay, you're not really a villain. And then there's scenes where like, she's kind of like the fan favorite of this film, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, she's she's the one where, like, she people really <laughs> yeah, like to, to see so, like, her in this. Girls, maybe. And so, because they know that, um, they orchestrate these scenes around her character where um, she is the one in danger, and she's like, oh, no, I have to... I'm, I'm being tied up, and they're going to torture me. And the tone of those scenes where all of a sudden the campy fun gore nature is just removed from the film and we get this like serious like sad piano music where the film is unironically being like oh yeah you actually harley quinn's gonna die everybody or she's not gonna be okay or like you should care about this character and it's like uh it just kind of like uh it feels contradictory with the rest of the film in my opinion i just i can't stand those moments and there's there's a surprising amount of them. There's the soundtrack in this film I really don't like. The the licensed music I like. 
I thought that that was used a lot better than the first yeah, film. John but the actual the, the actual soundtrack, this uh, musical comp- composed score in this, I just it's so irritating. Like every fucking five minutes, there's like a boom and things go slow motion. I'm like, that's not <laughs> this isn't this isn't like campy tone anymore. This is like, oh look at how cool this is tone. And so, I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like most of the movie, I guess, but like it was enough where I I got irritated. Yeah, he was making it like a like a big MCU type movie, yeah. you know, where it's like big scale, Being a few things big at once. effects, and yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. The, it was mostly carried by that humor, though. And to, and to be honest, like the action is is pretty impressive for this genre, anyway, in terms of some of the the recent DC affair, like you mentioned, Wonder Woman, like eighty four, and some of the more recent action, even Birds of Prey, which had Harley Quinn in and had a bunch of action. Like the DC action has just been like horrendous, in my opinion, for like years. <laughs> so just seeing yeah. some clear to understand like good solid action scenes where the characters are like using their gimmicks and it's like combined with good jokes out and payoff. That's enough. That's all I really want from a Suicide Squad movie, to be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Harley Quinn. That's a personal preference. Yeah, the action scene with her was really good. It was after that part <laughs> that you just talked about. Um, mm-hmm. Kind yeah, of. For, for the most part. They showed the part in the trailer where there there's all these like flowers exploding behind her. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is interesting. I wonder how this is going to come into play in the film. Like, Will they be in some weird psychedelic flower factory will she have taken drugs or something but then it happens and it's like oh no this is just like a random yeah, stylistic random. choice out of nowhere and then yeah and then the cartoon birds show up and then i'm like oh now i'm just being reminded of james gunn's segment in movie 43 where there was like a cartoon cat in the live action world oh, please. And then i was thinking of movie 43 i was like ah oh, this isn't yeah this isn't good <laughs> this is like james gunn's like fifth movie if you don't count movie 43 isn't that crazy? He, he doesn't have that many films that yeah. he's built. Because he did a lot of writing, didn't he? Like, he wrote the Scooby-Doo mm, movies, the yeah. uh, Zack Snyder zombie movie. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, he wrote Lollipop Chainsaw, the Suda 51 yeah, video game. Yeah, that's right, the yeah. video game, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of inspired by that. Mm-hmm. From memory, in terms of, like, the standout, like, parts of the comedy that were kind of irritating me... Mm-hmm. There's like that crew of characters that kept cutting to that were in the the room with Viola Davies, the like side characters um, that were like on the computers and they like attack Viola at one point. That that group there really didn't work for me. Every time it like cut to them and was showing their their responses were just like a bit to a hundred and twenty percent for me um, with the like mm-hmm. delivery of the lines. Whereas, and every time it went to them, I was kind of just hoping for it to go back to the main squad. As much so like Viola Davies in this movie and her kind of over-the-top performance as the bad, bad guy. I'm glad that the DC universe is like somewhat trying to recognize that there are some absurd characters like hidden deep into the in, in their catalog that they can actually utilize. They did um, that in Lego Batman yeah. also. There's like a lot of references like that. Was part of the joke, mm-hmm. but yeah, now like it's Polka kind of Dot Man is where... funny. I liked Polka Dot, Polka Dot Man. Sure, yeah, and I love the whole thing. And he's with like his a character. Mom. He has an arc. Like that yeah, was like fucking... that's what I mean about all of them. That was that was disturbing. Yeah, that was funny. That I was like the King Shark dread, character. I like that really they played funny. him dumb. I like the and King Shark. And they chose a really dumb. good character actor for him as well. Mm-hmm. Who? 
Storm. And for a uh, polka dot man. Yeah, he oh, was so in yeah, shows up Prisoners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What'd you think of Stallone? <laughs> uh, I didn't even realize it was him until the movie was over. I yeah, saw his yeah, name in the same. credits. I was like, are we going to see Sylvester Stallone? And then the movie ended. I was like, where was he? And then I looked it up. Yeah. In my opinion, I like the the dumb King Shark. I saw some other version of King Shark that was like a live action DC oh? show. You know, like one of those really shitty ones. Like, oh, like the Flash <laughs> yeah. or something. Like yeah. the really cheap looking one. And like King Shark's like, yeah. you know, a muscular, cool, like he talks normal. I don't know. That does not work for me at all. I like I liked the King Shark character in this. Mr. Street Shark. He's got Shark. some yeah. funny moments. Reminiscent of like Groot. Yeah, exactly. Like if it works in Guardians, he's just like, fuck it, do it again in this. And mm -hmm. it fits. I'm, I'm like, I, I like fit. this stuff. I like Groot. I like King Shark. Here's a question. And yeah, it's, some of the best kills are from him. <laughs> do you think that this will win more or less Oscars than the first Suicide Squad? It's going to win less. <laughs> I'm going to say less. Yeah. <laughs> the industry's rejected it. They all think it's like, yeah, a big bomb. It wasn't even great makeup. <laughs> Yeah, and then that, and then everyone freaked out over Free Guy the week after. Oh, Free Guy is amazing! <laughs> Finally, Free Guy. <laughs> it's incredible! Oh my god, Free Guy, Suicide Squad. Oh, that was a big bomb. Yeah, how is it? Is it an actual bomb or is it like on the Who internet? Who cares? It's like, it's, it, Warner Brothers has hundreds of millions of dollars. Why do fucking people care? Mm. <laughs> they'll, they'll probably make another one anyway. Oh yeah, they're making another one. Because that's what they right? do. Yeah. Right, exactly. Okay, they're gonna yeah, give so John Cena's really own matter. show. Yeah, just yeah. spin off scenes. Yeah. I, believe his name, shit. I believe his name's pronounced Even Zhao if they give it less money, like, okay, they'll make it a show. They'll give it less money. Who cares? Like, it, there's an audience for this stuff. Speaking of the weird characters, so one of them can just control rats, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Rat, rat God 2 or what, what was what's the name? Rat thing? Rat Catcher 2. Rat Catcher, rat catcher 2. Rat Catcher 1 died. <laughs> so it's his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was funny. <laughs> Ratcatcher's like a standout of the movie. She was great. She's a really yeah, good she character, good. I thought. And I had a thought about some funny that, and I wanted to kind of get your reaction about something. So in the chat, I've posted mm -hmm. a map, uh, just letting you know, this is this is where Alberta, okay. Canada is. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> now I'm going to show you another map here. And this is the global population of rats where they live on the planet. <laughs> I just want you to look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an Alberta-shaped... big spot. Yeah. What? Yeah. So if, if they set the film in Alberta, Canada, her powers wouldn't have worked, basically. What, what's the, why is this? Because Alberta went hard and killed all the rats, and they have rat patrol on the borders. <laughs> Whoa. Man. Yeah. And also, it gets really that. cold That's there. wacky. That probably helps. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, That's crazy. I love that map. Yeah. <laughs> it's so silly. We rat folks, you gotta it's like head a big over. Spot where... <laughs> yeah, it's just the Arctic, Antarctic, and then Alberta, where rats yeah. don't <laughs> exist. And I guess a little bit in Alaska. Anyway. Yeah, that would have been funny. That's for the sequel. Yeah, the incorporate it. <laughs> Film it in Alberta. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much else to say about it. it... Yeah, that's fine. It was I really a liked it. better unique. film than the other well, for sure. one. <laughs> it's one of the best DC movies. I like it maybe a little yeah, more I than agree. Shazam, even. And I like Shazam a lot. Like I thought Shazam was really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm mm -hmm. exactly with you. I think those two are the only ones you need to watch. <laughs> I like Shazam better. <laughs> yeah. And Wonder Woman, maybe, if like I don't like it, <laughs> actually. And definitely not the second one. 
and um, Harley Quinn I hate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. Man All right. of Steel. What did you give it out of 10? Out of 10? I don't know. Uh, 8 out of 10? Yeah, that's what I gave it. Okay. Yeah, I'm slightly below. Um, I might bump it up if I see it again and enjoy more of it, but I'd give it a 7. It's just a really solid James Gunn movie. You can see his history in there. And you're right, it is in moving forward a little bit. It's just yeah. loads of fun. It's what I want to see from these kind of... It's exactly what I want to see. It's like someone's personality coming out through these like dumb characters we kind of recognize and some new dumb shit to get attached to, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving this one a 6 out of 10. It uh, was competent only about a billion times better than the other one. And uh, <laughs> not really for me, not my kind of movie, but I'm happy for everybody else that uh, can splooge <laughs> their pants over it. So happy for hypothetical it's not hypothetical i think that there's evidence you're <laughs> like, yeah. you enjoyed it <laughs> well yeah i am yeah there's there it, it in the sense in the sense that i don't know the world exists outside my own brain then it's hypothetical i guess in the way that <laughs> yeah. everything is but yeah. all right there was a film recommendation from myself spoiler alert mm-hmm. for fanny and alexander if you've listened to this podcast before, you might understand that Fanny means uh, pussy in Britain, and uh, yeah. it means butt in normal yeah, countries. Kinda, but normal. And, yeah. uh, nah, <laughs> ignore that. This is uh, <laughs> Ingmar Bergman's not last film, but it was at one point he thought it would be, I think. Maybe I should have mm. uh, gotten all my facts before recording this but whatever <laughs> i just got back from vegas yeah and so i watched the miniseries version 312 minutes long but there's also another version a theatrical cut 188 minutes i did not have time to watch both cuts but i enjoyed what i saw from the longer cut with i guess some uh, some some weird stuff going on in there that makes me wonder whether or not the full length of the miniseries is justified but i'd like to get your thoughts on it what what did you guys think mm-hmm. so i i saw the 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 shorter version mm-hmm. and yeah it's interesting you say that because uh th- those thoughts did not cross my mind once despite yeah. that three-hour runtime um i had quite a profound reaction to watching this um there's like a certain caliber of movie that when you watch it you feel like you've just like discovered a new part of yourself or that like some emotion or feeling is being shown to you uh, in a way that no other art forms like managed to do for you before it's just the way this movie came together like for me really got a rise out of me um i want to get into it but i want to get ralph in on here too but it's like incredibly dense and a lot going on. Yeah, it's great. It's it's Igmar Bergman. Yeah, it's an Igmar Bergman film, so it's fucking great. I mean, it goes mm-hmm. without saying. Yeah, it looks excellent. That's really what I gravitate toward. Which one did yeah, you watch? The story's great. Acting's excellent. Yeah, which version? The the HBO Max version. That's a movie. Oh, so that's the short one. Okay. Right? Yeah, okay. I was the only one that watched the miniseries. Yeah, That's I guess fine. so. <laughs> but the movie version I really liked. I mm-hmm. thought it was great. It's just, I counted as one of his movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically in the miniseries version, if you compare the plot in the Wikipedia plot summary, the first, like, two, two and a half hours maybe 
like the first half of all of this is like maybe paragraph, maybe two paragraphs of the uh, Wikipedia plot summary out of like eight paragraphs. Mm-hmm. So it's really it. What what my understanding is that a lot of what was cut from the uh, miniseries version would have been what it is essentially front loaded with. And what's weird to think about is that those were the parts that I probably enjoyed the most was like the really extended like family dinner scene and um, Mm -hmm. just like family dynamic scenes uh, and like arguments and conversations. And it really, it it definitely felt like it fit the mini series format in that sense. But then after a while, um, when it gets to like the third or fourth episode, then it kind of just, completely shifts into something different in a way where it's like oh okay i can i can almost kind of tell where the movie (laughs) parts are more uh accurate or or um i can almost kind of tell which parts of the miniseries are more like the film if that makes sense at which point does the shift kind of happen like in the story when they're living uh with uh Oh, what was his name? I'm gonna gr- grab my notes out. The bishop or whatever. When they're um, mm-hmm. at what point does that does that happen in the film? It's split up quite clearly. Like the f- the first hour is mostly the setting up the family and those scenes and the whole like theater background. Yeah, like you're saying with the dinner scenes and fleshing those characters out. And then I think it's by the second hour the kind of abuse side mm-hmm. begins. Um, with him, you know, the yeah. being in that side. It's- and then, so that would go from that point until the end of the movie, and that would be like what two and a half hours or something. So that feels like an exact, yeah. <laughs> an exact translation almost of like the miniseries, because that's about when it happens in the miniseries. Is like when there's like two and a half hours left in the miniseries. So yeah, pretty much, I guess everything added in the miniseries would have been just like more of like the uh, theater and family. Uh, you know, Christmas dinner, all that stuff, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed, but it almost just felt like conflicting with what the rest of the film was, you know, because it, it felt like a really late initial incident in in a sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would love to watch the theatrical version because there's a lot that I really enjoyed about the miniseries anyway. Yeah, because the only thing I noticed in the theatrical version that made me even think about the fact that was it originally shot and intended to be a show first, and they then trimmed that into the movie version? I don't know. I think that's how it went down. I don't know if it was necessarily supposed to be a miniseries first, but it was originally, my understanding is it was supposed to be the length of the miniseries, right, maybe right. released as like an entire just standalone film, but then it was cut down and then it was... You know, may- maybe the mini series format was added after mm. too. I don't. I'm not sure. Because uh, yeah, early on there's that scene with one of the. Okay, I've I've been stressing about how we're gonna like reference the characters because they're all like Swedish names and like mm-hmm. the, there's quite a big family of lots of characters. But oh, it's, yeah. I'd say the brother of um the 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 dad who dies, the like ghost mm-hmm. character, one of the brothers. There's a scene early on where he's. He has a private. It's the farting guy, I think. Oh, he has, like, is a that uh, his wife Carl? And, yeah, Carl. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he, he has that scene where he's confessing his sort of stresses about his uh, his money situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the, in the, in the movie version, it doesn't really come to anything or build up to anything. Whereas the other 
brother character, the one who's kind of described as a bit of a sex addict type mm-hmm. character, he gets a lot more screen time as, and gets more of a satisfying conclusion, whereas that feels more just... I was just wondering if there was more to that in the extended show. How much, version, how much did you see of Carl being like an abusive piece of shit? Because there was a, there was a bit it's, of that. It's only in that scene, I'd say, that there's any like real focus put on that side of mm-hmm. it. And as I say, it doesn't really boil to too much. Maybe maybe foreshadowing the whole abuse side of the story. But. Yeah, there's there's a few instances of that in the miniseries for sure. And I I guess maybe the scene itself would might have been longer, like the scenes themselves. Yeah, uh, the ones that were in both versions. I don't know if I would say that it amounted to much in terms of like what the rest of the film was or the conclusion of it it might just be more of like universe building character development sort of thing which i really loved Mm -hmm. like i I loved that it felt like a really real family of like holy shit like there's definitely like every Mm -hmm. one of these characters it feels so real it reminded me a lot of uh the white ribbon and i know that hanukkah has mentioned bergman as as an influence for sure but yeah Mm -hmm. definitely definitely a lot of those vibes (laughs) one of my notes just said carl is so consistently sweaty (laughs) (laughs) well yes it's another movie to add to the list of uh like farting scenes like in good movies (laughs) that's one of the highlights yeah that's a funny farting scene like from an art film like this you don't expect a scene where like a guy's farting like that (laughs) it's like the lighthouse yeah you just don't see it no (laughs) i mean hysteric so this is not expecting that at all (laughs) But like everyone has an uncle like that. It does really ground the family and make you yeah, like really invested. That first hour really gets you invested. So when it starts kind of going out of control, mm-hmm. you, you really feel it with the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super excited to watch the uh, theatrical cut. Because I like just with the understanding of like how things are laid out, I think that it makes more sense pacing wise. Like I, I'd imagine I would enjoy it more. Not to say mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy the cut that I saw, but. So was the pacing actually a standout thing to you in terms of how it wasn't coming together? Because it's like the pacing in the three-hour version, I thought, was like it's like immaculate. Mm-hmm. It, there was like no lingering. It's not that I felt bored, but it's that it's that I got the impression that structure-wise, it didn't gel in a logical way for me. Where mm. I I felt like um, yeah, there was something really clean about those three hours. Yeah, I don't. I'll have to report back about this another time, but I'm I'm curious if the ideal experience is if you're going to watch both i'm curious if the ideal experience is watching the film first and then the miniseries later or miniseries first and then the film later yeah you could make an argument it's always risky of like extended versions because i had Mm -hmm. about it isn't designed to be a series but Mm -hmm. it's kind of just like a director's cut of a movie which if you want more detail I'd say, yeah, it's probably good. Like, I want to watch it definitely now that I've seen the normal yeah. cut, you know? Yeah. So we all want to watch the the cuts that we didn't see, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the alternate cuts. Well, because the movie's good. Uh, yeah. Sorry about That's that, fellas. Oh, no worries. It's been a real nightmare outside the door. That's yeah, fun. we're just saying, um, it seems like all three of us want to watch the other version that we didn't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I am glad, I think, that I started with this this shorter one after the uh it's almost famous like uh, accidentally watching the extended one and then 
just, re- just regretting and seeing like the pacing and just so pushing. Long. It's not like unbearable <laughs> yeah, or anything. It's just, it doesn't seem to make as much sense as it could have in terms of telling a story, mm-hmm. I guess. If the whole thing was like the first half of the miniseries for me, then it would kind of make more sense. But it kind of just shifts into something different. <laughs> where it's mm-hmm. it, it makes... I loved what I was seeing and feeling with the first half. But then the second half almost makes it feel... makes me question how much of it was justified, I guess. It almost feels like just supplementary material. Yeah, I could imagine that. I, I, I wouldn't need much expanded on, on the story I got, to be honest. I feel like everything is explored with just enough clarity. Because there is like a... There are a lot of themes to this movie and a lot that happens to the characters, yeah. to be honest. We haven't even mentioned Fanny and Alexander yet. Which is, I know, it's weird because it's like the story almost, in the first half of, of the miniseries especially, it's like the story isn't even really about them, <laughs> you know? Also, yeah. like, what the, Fanny didn't do much. Why is her name in the title? Yeah, I was thinking about that it's side really of just it, Alexander. Like, how the, the poster in the name doesn't really summarize the story yeah. that well or give you a good jumping <laughs> yeah, off fuck, point. She got top billing. Her name came first. <laughs> yeah. Is that why you picked it, Adam? Because Fanny? Yeah, because it, <laughs> it says Fanny in it. Okay, we can have an episode with Fanny. Why yeah. do you think her name is included? Because like the story isn't told from like the dual sure. perspective. It is mostly from Alex's perspective. Well, yeah, yeah. Because it's 2016. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted, if if any if anybody has any interpretations in the YouTube comments, please let us know. I'm sure that there are people <laughs> who have seen this film many more times than us that uh, could offer a bit mm-hmm. more context on some things. But this is our our first time watching it, and we have also kind of a limited uh, experience with Bergman's repertoire. Reper- repertoire mm-hmm. is that how you say the word? Yeah, I don't know if I can know. Repertoire. Yeah, because yeah, I actually had um, Persona down to recommend, oh. which I probably won't do now. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah, because I've always Maybe seen that today. poster like on IMDb. Yeah, I won't do it next. Yeah, but. and um, what's the the Magician? That's the one I saw with Max von Sydow. Hmm. Yeah, his movies yeah, are I really great. Want to see he's that a, one too. He's like one of the classic directors. So, yeah, any one of his movies you watch is probably probably knocking on like a ten out of ten movie, basically. <laughs> They're all yeah, because he's great. extremely it's, prolific. He's, he's got yeah, prolific and like a lot of style. His movies just look gorgeous. Mm-hmm. This one and looks loads great. of credits too. His IMDb is full mm-hmm. of movies. Like 60, yeah. Oh yeah, sixty old. Yeah, he was working uh-huh. hard. His a older films. films he's made. We'll see what yeah. happens when I watch them a second time. But for my first experience with the ones that I've seen, the Seven Seal and Persona, I found myself like appreciating them more than I was like directly enjoying them. That that's kind of why I picked a more recent one. And sure, whatever shit on me for just not enjoying older films as much can't really help it. But I was kind of interested just to see, you know, apparently this was one of his better films that is also from the 80s, you know, so it seemed like something that was kind of up my alley. And I was curious to see how he's kind of like changed over time. It's actually fucking wild to think of the context of just looking at something like The Seventh Seal and how it was made and like the limitations of the time and the you know black and white etc 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 like to imagine that that's the same director that made fanny and alexander were this newer one almost looks like something that you know almost looks like a kubrick movie or something you know it's just like completely Mm -hmm. gigantically different 
uh, looks and feels and tones even, but you can still kind of see the same voice in there. It's I, I just think it's fascinating just watching someone transform in that way, which is, yeah, a big, big reason why I picked it. So <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating just from... It's just from its basic setting. Like, it's a period piece that's set, what, 1901 sort yeah, of time? early 1900s. Before World War One, and in mm. Sweden, too. Like, it's it's just a unique setting all around. So that is immediately interesting, and just seeing the family in, in the setting and from that time period, and that kind of Victorian style of teaching children and disciplining children, and the kind of knock-on effect that has and has had. Mm. It's all very... Very sad is the way it balances the, the happiness and sadness, the kind of yin and yang of like the human condition and just that side of it. And, and the, 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 the whole Alexander's kind of a stand in, right? For, for Bergman himself, right? Or the, mm-hmm. some autobiographical Maybe. kind of elements yeah. where his dad in real life, I think was a priest. So it's really interesting seeing the, the oh, faith side yeah. of the story and the way that comes out with this bishop character and, there's a there's a lot of they play with the the faith side with the whole there's that there's that scene towards the end when the with the puppets in the in the that guy plays a cruel trick on Alexander with the the god puppet mm-hmm. coming out and it's like questioning this whole perspective of this child and his imagination because that's a whole yeah. another side of it is criticizing his imagination and how his imagination keeps getting him in trouble and <laughs> Really, you see his his whole life. He's he's just been thrust into the situation. This kid Alexander and all the stuff that happens to him is hardly his fault. Like it's no one's it's no one's fault really in, yeah. in the movie. Um, yeah, exactly. So, but seeing his struggles and the way he deals with it, and just over the period of time and how it affects the family, but also just the you know the kind of movie starting with a death and ending with a birth and the like loss and the hope that comes from what he goes through. Because it's really emotionally affecting. Like the the end of that first hour is probably the most memorable point to me when that death does occur and you just get the that wailing. Um and mm-hmm. with that mother character in the bedroom with that slit. Yeah, um, and with the curiosity of pacing. the kids just going up there and love it. Just the approach of how the kids are used is just like the the audience stand in, just this these innocent purveyors of what's happening, just watching. Yeah, and it's not like shoving in a bunch of really awkward kiddie like dialogue to try and overexplain everything. They're usually just reacting to what the adults are doing to them. They've really got no autonomy at all. Mm-hmm. Conceptually, this is a really great base for like a story. Mm. Um, it it works together really well because of the way that the characters are used. Obviously, the characters themselves, the dynamics, and especially the setting. Because like I was thinking, you know. Just the mm-hmm. fact that it is in the early 1900s, you have a lot of really uh, easy things to pluck from in terms of what can create drama <laughs> in a story, mm-hmm. you know? Inherent drama, yeah. Yeah, like it's with, with uh, you know, the way that uh, children were treated and religious institutions and, you know, marriage. There's, yeah, there's mm-hmm. so much more there that we've kind of grown from. For the most part, most people in society, where if you set a story uh, in current year, it's a little less commonplace, right? So mm-hmm. you have you have a bit more opportunity for drama the further back in time you go. There's some like sweet spots. Yeah. 
if you want to make something really dramatic. Did you guys get the mm. um, the most valuable chair in the world sequence? Remind me, that's not ringing any immediate bells. The kids are, like, still awake, and they, they're they using, like, a kerosene projector slideshow thing, and they're supposed to be in bed, and then one of the adults, she's like, oh, you got, it smells like kerosene, get to bed, and, like, is angry at them, and then man character i forget which one of the characters there are there's so many characters in this but it'll be better when i watch this the second is that a time. director's <laughs> cut scene that's scene? what i'm asking yeah it's, so the, um, i remember the point of that scene being more um yeah. the emphasis yeah. being on the kids like scaring each other with the projector like storm yeah the and then it turns into thing. um the man character he although he's supposed to be putting the children to bed he kind of stays up and like plays with them a bit but not like any kind of like rambunctious roughhousing and it's more of like a um creative storytelling sort of thing and it really kind of like sparks their imagination he takes this chair that looks like really old and decrepit and he's like this is the most valuable chair in the world it's it looks like a regular chair made out of wood but it's actually made of gold but you have to be very careful with it and blah 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 you know um did yeah, you get I that d- at I all i don't think that okay, part of it's yeah. in it. that, that was a scene that i really loved that was in the um miniseries yeah that was a great scene so yeah, I, w- I would recommend you check out the miniseries version then. To be honest, you have lots of great scenes to pick from. That was my first thought when it ended was, uh, I, I want to see more of this family. I want to see mm-hmm. more expansion to it because it's just so, it's so relatable. Even if you don't have family members that are one-to-one, just the, the drama that does come from it is the kind of stuff that is fairly relatable. You know, it's, it's really about someone that gets trapped in an abusive relationship and can't escape. And I mean... It's a fairly broad thing that lots of families can relate to and mm-hmm. the awkward dynamics in there and just the, the the way they make the characters feel so realistic. So when it does, you know, crumble and especially the, the horrifying side of it is interesting to me that like this whole idea that like the, the human drama, the real stuff that's happening is scarier than any ghost story or otherworldly horror. They can come up to like lie and scare each other like the what the like stepdad character does and like the torture he you know put, dishes out to the kids is just like horrible stuff and you can tell like the way it's directed from the kids perspective it just it does ring ring true extra with just seeing these kids going through it yeah yeah you can tell it's very personal mhm yeah exactly which is the type of movie that <laughs> that's it's kind of what i'm looking for you know yeah it's so expressive the music was great. I really loved the score. In the yeah. miniseries version, uh, there was a bit more music, I think, because a lot of it came over titles explaining each act of the film. I don't know if you got that. So like in the miniseries version, I, it seemed like they were like episodes, but I don't know if I don't maybe that that could have happened in the theatrical cut. I don't know. Did you did you get like this? It doesn't flow like that. It's more just one one direct yeah. thing as opposed to like episodic yeah there it would basically just show like um a flowing little like water from a, a creek outside their home i think mm-hmm. and just play some string music and then it would say something like the fourth act events of summer or whatever the title was right it was a good way to break it up what's really weird about the miniseries version also is that on IMDb, it's listed as having five episodes, but on Criterion, the Blu-ray that I have, it 
has four episodes, but the second episode is very clearly the second and third act together. So in episode three, you get the fourth act. Huh. So on IMDb, it's like separates the acts, but I don't know how it was originally. Was it originally aired as one act per episode? Because the second and third act are like the yeah, shortest ones. So that's why they combine them on the Criterion thing, obviously. But hmm. I just don't know how they were originally presented, I guess. I have no idea. But yeah, I love um, I love the, the plays on just, I guess... Uh, reality versus fiction sort of like imagination or like what you know it's it's pretty vague about like what was real and what wasn't i guess like you could i guess you could just explain it all as just being like imagination sort of thing but then especially you know kind of towards the end where it's like just like fantasizing deaths that happen sort of thing Mm -hmm. like the idea it's all imaginary fantasy becoming reality or fantasy influencing reality maybe but, but or not in a hacky way <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's yeah. very subtle it not doesn't like feel it was all stupid. a dream yeah it's a little more interesting than that yeah yeah i love that the uh alexander as a character i love that he believes in god but thinks he's an asshole <laughs> mm-hmm. i love that about him yeah the, the dialogue's really good this movie it mm-hmm. really stood out to me how <laughs> yeah. thoughtful it is how it just gets you thinking about it because yeah that whole faith element is just so fascinating to me with this this bishop character and how he does have a real problem with god and he says he wants to kick his butt or something like that mm-hmm. which is quite funny <laughs> yeah if if there's a god he's a shit and i want to kick him in the butt is his line <laughs> yeah there's, there's there's countless great lines like that um i loved that part the whole angle of that theater loving character the theater director or whatever or the actor and uh, mm. when he's describing he has his little speech at the beginning about like yeah my only talent is like i love this little world it's like the only thing that makes sense to him like the little the control of the theater and the storytelling and what you can get how you can what does he say the um yeah it gives people a chance to forget for a while and it's just it really strikes true at like the the power of storytelling and what is so crucial about the whole art form of filmmaking and what you can get out of just the unique emotions you can pull out of people when you you harness it in this way it's like really strong stuff Mm -hmm. i'm I'm really glad you got so much out of it alex i i got a lot out of it too yeah i really wasn't expecting it to be honest because i I was i was seeing that poster and i'm just not that familiar with bergman yeah is this the only bergman you've seen well i have memories of watching um persona before but i think i gave up i was too young at the time i just wasn't wasn't with it um so yeah it was like jumping in fresh Mm. and it's just exactly what i was looking for at this at this time i got so much out of it because yeah you said about the visual side i mean the framing of everything even incorporating that whole theater side of it like the opening shot he's like Mm -hmm. framed in the like in the in the like paper craft book and it's all it's all so intentional with the way the, the the composition and just the way the camera moves. It's just yeah, so thoughtful in that way. There's a, there's a lot of like really strong imagery in this film, and I'm I'm so confident mm-hmm. that this shot must have been in the actual movie part. Is when the mother gets into bed with Fanny and Alexander, and this is like after you know some of the abuse from like the priest or bishop, mm-hmm. and just the imagery of all three of them in bed where 
sure the context of the movie implies this too but like just the image alone is such strong like you you can tell that she's like being a protector sort of mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and it's just like this really genuine powerful shot that you know you you could just take the the single frame of it and it makes for like a a photograph that says so much mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I love shit like that. I feel that way about a lot yeah, of the movies. You movie. can take any image from this movie, and it's like, yeah, it means so much. It's always like yeah, very yeah. purposeful. The blocking yeah. of all the actors. You could have like yeah, a gallery. It's, it's great. Which is like how it should be, like for every movie, you know. But oh yeah, ideally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you, John Watts. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you know, here it's just perfect. It has style. It's clearly him. It's clearly you know someone with a vision. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's it's just a great movie. I mean, there's nothing. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, life changing shit. <laughs> yeah, I like the conversations that characters had with like deceased loved ones. You know, like the the concept mm. of that reminded me of uh, Six Feet Under, and I'm wondering. Yeah. Yes, I'm wondering yeah, how far I could sure. go back in time where it would feel just like that. You know, yeah, I'm wondering HBO. what the earlier instances of that would be not like obviously the concept of you know communicating with the dead exists like so far back but for some reason just the way it was done in kind of the this like like subtle kind of nonchalant sort of thing where like like if a if somebody walked into this a a part in the film where that was happening they wouldn't understand that the character is dead sort of thing you know they would just Mm -hmm. think they're talking supernatural that feels natural Yeah. yeah it's 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 the way in which it's done that gives me mm-hmm. that vibe. Yeah, it reminded me of a few other things too. Mm-hmm. I thought of Harold and Maud. That was a movie that came out before. I don't know if Bergman saw it, but mm-hmm. it reminded me of that. It reminded me of oh, what was another one? I just I was thinking of another one too. Mm-hmm. I'll probably remember it. Yeah. <laughs> so you got uh, your version had probably just as much of the the like. Uh, like being tormented by ghosts stuff yeah, with Alexander, yeah. right? So long. Did they vomit on him in yeah. yours? Because that, that that happened in mine. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They vomited. No, I don't on remember. Him. Oh my scene. god. No. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of Barry Lyndon. That was one. I was thinking of Barry Lyndon. Yeah, just like any period piece, really. Yeah, yeah, like the period piece environment, right? The favorite. Yeah, it, it thought I thought of that stuff. Jesus rock. <laughs> so he's haunted more, is he, in the in the extended version? Because I really I guess, love yeah. the way they handle the the like ghosts, the ghostly mm-hmm. interactions in the theatrical version, especially that final interaction he has with the the stepdad once once he knows he's dead and he like trips mm-hmm. him in the hallway. Yeah. It's just like that, oh yeah, that was that insane. Imagery of, like you'll never forget him. Like, yeah, he's shit. part of him now. Fuck. Really strong story. That's, like, horrifying. Hmm. I thought like the movie could end there and it would have been <laughs> like perfect, but yeah. What was your ending shot? I'm assuming it was the same as mine, right? Mine was um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it was uh, Alexander like falling asleep as Helena. I think yeah. reads it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Telling yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, this when she what she say? The imagination spins and weaves new mm. patterns. Yeah, so good. Was there anything that you didn't like about it? Um. To be honest, my mind was the only thing that came up was just in those earlier scenes. Like I wrote a, a note down. I think fifteen minutes in, right before um, you first start getting some exposition as to like actually what is happening, I wrote down like I have no idea like what is happening or who anyone is, but, but I don't care. 
it, it is just about the family and it feels so genuine and i mean yeah there was there was very little in terms of that stuff that pulled me out of it even for a second i was just so into the especially that dialogue and just the look of it mm-hmm. like that was carrying me in that beginning part where i you know i was waiting for the story to build on itself it's just so beautifully put together uh-huh. so i saw a few people like on the i think the subreddit saying how like they tried watching it and that first hour they like couldn't because they couldn't get on with it but in the theatrical right? i think the first <laughs> hour might be my favorite hour <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there really wasn't anything that stood out what about you ralph yeah no like you you said the first hour stood out like the whole movie i, I thought it was great yeah, start to end like i was invested i was invested in the entire thing mm-hmm. i didn't feel like three hours flew by Awesome. Mm-hmm. It was just interesting. It was just good. That's, it was yeah, just a good that's story. a big thing yeah. for me. Like it's an Igmar Bergman movie. Like, what are you dumb? You don't like it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> if someone doesn't like it, yeah, don't just, this. This is art, right? It's like pure art. <laughs> this is this is this this is this is one of the uh, <laughs> dedicated uh, Kino <laughs> films. Swords. This this will determine whether or not you, you <laughs> your cinema license has to be revoked if you yeah. if you don't enjoy this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, um, just some minor things I didn't. Yeah, what stood out to you? Well, it's kind of nitpicky, I guess, but some of the sound effects I thought were not well handled, a little fake. Some of the foley. There are like a couple moments maybe where, you know, despite the language barrier, the child acting was like a little like meh at a couple moments. For the most part, it was great. And they were utilized like really Mm -hmm. properly for sure. And then, yeah, I I don't think there was that much more. Just like mostly, yeah, the the moments that took me out of the movie the most were all Foley related. Mm -hmm. And as I've said before, I'm like a big, you know, audio is like a huge thing to me. So I don't know. Probably it's not going to affect everybody in that way. And yeah, just I I'd imagine that I would like the theatrical cut more. It, it I think it would just make like more you sense would based off this conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I should have watched them in the other order. But you know, it's good that we watch different versions because now that perspective's on the podcast. Yeah, you've made and, me want to watch the longer version and yeah. the shorter version. So yeah, I'm excited to see it. Oh yeah, one final thing I kind of want to point out. I'm assuming both of you have seen that classic Don Hertzfeld short called uh, "Rejected" or "Rejected Cartoons" or something. Bunch of memes off of that thing where it was like, "My spoon is too big," or it almost got too popular, oh, sort of thing. Okay. You don't even you don't know what that is, Ralph. Oh, you should watch it. It's pretty funny. No, yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, my spoon is too big. There's like one that one sequence where there's that like fluffball character and he's like my anus is bleeding i can't even do that but it's like i haven't thought about this in oh, shit. like so many years he's this still making films they're you know world of tomorrow really? is really good yeah check him out don Hertzfeld, everybody Fuck. um yeah, yeah he the there's a song that plays in the background of that and after watching this film i now know that that song that plays in the background of the my anus is bleeding sequence is apparently a Swedish <laughs> Yule song because they sang it in this film. And I was like, what is that? What is that? And then it immediately in my mind, it just as- associated with that my anus is bleeding uh, sequence from Don Hertzfeld's rejection. I not expected so. to think of that. I know. During um, the I was like, that's discussion. it. <laughs> Eureka. Yeah, great movie. What would you give it out of 10? I think I pretty much uh, said it's everything. It's an easy 10. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was just a gut five out of five for me. <laughs> it ended. I fucking loved yeah. it. 
Uh, but I'm giving it an 8 out of 10 for now, and I expect it to raise when I watch the theatrical cut. We'll see. Yeah, I could see, see what happens with the theatrical. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. You recommended it. I thought you'd give it higher. <laughs> I thought it was <laughs> so great. So, it doesn't matter. I wanted we, to check it out. It, yeah, we watched yeah. We also, We also. watched different versions, Ralph. <laughs> so. That's that's true, too. Yeah, you might give yeah. the other version a 10. I'm, that's what right. I'm expecting. Yeah, I'm very curious on this longer time. version now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, wa- I watched it over the course of, of like two different days, too. So. Mm. Definitely. Uh, yeah, if it wasn't so one damn burst. long. So, yeah. yeah, when we watch the other ones, yeah. we'll report back, I guess. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess it's question time. Okay, let's do some questions from the Sodoncast community. If question you want to leave your own questions for us to answer in future episodes, head over to the suggestion thread on the subreddit. Just ask us whatever you like, just like Butter467 did. Just going to get us going here. With Adam recently going through some YouTube trouble regarding an old joke on his gaming channel, are there any other YouTube horror stories you've all experienced? And also, do you feel the moderation bots are ruining sites like YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook? Etc. I'll let both of you go first before I fucking yell for a while, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess um, my channel being deleted is pretty good. It's quite a good one. In terms of What's up? YouTube bullshit. Uh, yeah, well, my channel was deleted. For, oh, yeah. Uh, I found out, I guess it was because of, like, metadata. I used too much metadata in my bios. I had, like, quite extensive, uh. like, source <laughs> lists and things, which is apparently yeah. was... But, like, okay... That's all I got. I don't know if that was like the actual truth or whatever. Yeah, my video, the Nutshack video, getting deleted by YouTube for no fucking reason. <laughs> they said it's times. spam. It's spam because they wanted all the Nutshack stuff gone. Probably because it took up like most of their servers. <laughs> you know, ten-hour versions of Nutshack. With oh the yeah, I forgot. But, about like, that I understand, year, right? but like, I made a review of it and it got deleted, and it's still like. I, there's all that revenue I could have made from it, all the subscribers and views I could have made from it. It's not allowed to be up. It's like fuck you. When they doing that was like B movie reviews around that time as well. Yeah. yeah. But as far as my video is <laughs> concerned, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Spam well, should only get you dinged if it's like a bunch coming from the same account anyway. I don't know why you're It's not guy. spam. It's like it's the same genuine spam. content as like the rest of my content. It's the same shit. Like <laughs> just targeted for being nutshack related. Spamming it's targeted for being nutshack related. But Nutshack was popular at the time. I had a huge like following of people, and like they they got turned on to the review because it's Nutshack stuff, and it's yeah. like YouTube just put a stop on it for no reason. Is that still taken down? Because I remember didn't you load it called like Redacted or something? The Redacted ones up. It's not monetized. Okay. Uh, something like that. Yeah, I've been de- I've been dealing with fucking YouTube bullshit like it's constantly constantly dealing with bullshit from youtube in like many different ways for the past year uh basically there was an issue with uh there is still an issue with um how my music is listed on youtube so basically when you use uh, a platform like uh distro kid or reverb nation and you upload your music there it'll produce it'll distribute it to other platforms like spotify itunes youtube whatever right and that's all done automatically. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that under my band name and unkindness since 2010 publicly and, you know, been producing music publicly since before that. But yeah, it's been it's been on the platform and whatever for a while. Cut to sometime in 2020, I guess June 2020, and some asshole who also lives in Canada who whose name I'm not going to dox right now. Uh, but perhaps in the future I'll need to if this doesn't get resolved. 
because it's I found it publicly anyway. But anyway, some asshole who also lives in Canada uh, decided to start publishing their shitty music under my band name. And YouTube, despite them using a different service, YouTube decided to merge both of the albums into the same page. And so this isn't my owned and operated channel that I post my music video on. Uh, this is this is something called a topic channel that gets automatically generated when you upload music through YouTube service. And so that was annoying. And then we were like, okay, so I emailed this person because I'm an internet detective and I found out who they are. And we, we basically both emailed different... We, we had different email chains with... Uh, the YouTube music email or whatever, and like the services that we use trying to get them separated. When mm. honestly, what I should have fucking done, what I honestly should have fucking done is just lawyered up and sent a cease and desist saying, stop publishing music under my band name. That's what I should have done. And it's over a year later and I'm regretting yes. not doing that at the time. And so what they did is they, um, they separated the music from the channel. However, what this fucking asshole did is there's a there's a I know this is so fucking stupid and complicated, but there's something you can do where you can merge your own owned and operated channel with the topic channel. And so what this person did using my band name was he merged his existing owned and operated channel with the topic channel that was automatically generated for my music that 600 over 600 subscribers were built up with my own songs on them. And YouTube allowed him to do this despite him not owning my music. And so now if you click, if you find my music through like the YouTube music shit or like Google music or whatever, it links to this other person's channel <laughs> where their Twitter is linked and their bio is linked and their profile image. And, I'm, and all the subscribers that I had built up even though it was on a topic channel that I didn't own and operate, but it was people that wanted to hear more of my music, this person now owns a YouTube channel that has all of those subscribers on it and is not giving me the access to the channel. It's like, what, YouTube gave this to me? Uh, what, would you just give me your channel sort of thing? And I'm like, I'm absolutely fucking frustrated out of my mind because this has been going on for over a year. And uh, yeah, this is, oh I, I'm God. like, I'm so pissed off about this. So, That's and we'll see where this goes. Even happen. But I know you right. can literally just steal people's subscribers on YouTube. If you see, if you see a fucking topic channel on YouTube, apparently you can just start producing music under the same name and then merge your own owned and operated channel with it. And you can just steal their subscribers. And then you can post whatever fucking video you want to these subscribers that somebody else already built up. And they're not fucking doing shit about it. And I'm pissed off. I'm so mad. Anyway, we'll oh see where that God. goes. It's been it over a year. Wonder, it's been over a fucking year. That is a ridiculously long time for that to be extended to. Yeah. But Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Like these, just these claims yeah. in general. Like, what, what percentage of them do you think are even like even remotely legitimate? Like, some of them seem so like targeted and just like, oh, you're like talking about that thing that our company owns. Let's just put a claim on that. Just you know, right? Just What's in the case. Sort of total horseshit. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a big company like what do they even care yeah exactly they've got nothing to lose only right. to gain if it's a company if it's an llc like why do they even give a shit <laughs> mm -hmm. if you're going after someone specifically like going after a movie like who cares
It's just a and movie. C- certain movie companies are worse than others for that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. Like, double, WB in particular seemed, like, awful for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you, as much shit as we give, like, Disney, they don't, they don't seem as bad for that kind of stuff. Mm. No, When you're no. talking about their, their products as much, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just That's case true. by case, I guess. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, I'm so mad about that. Yeah, what can you even do? What like, can I do like, is I talk to a fucking lawyer and I have to pay like $5,000 yeah. if I want to send a cease and desist to this person. Yeah. And right, I don't know if shit. I can like afford just doing that whole fucking angle to it. So I might just have to make a big fucking video about it and make a big public stink about this shit. <laughs> I don't fucking know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm pissed off about it. You shouldn't be able to steal someone else's subscribers that they built up. You shouldn't be able to do that. You shouldn't be able to have someone else's music associated with like your Twitter account and your brand or whatever. Like you, I don't know why YouTube would allow people the tools to do that. And that's really fucked up and I'm really pissed off. So I don't know. It's just one thing to add to the million, million billion things that I have on my mind that are just wasting my time. So I don't know what Mm -hmm. I'm going to do. Mm. All right, next question, I guess. G. H. <laughs> <laughs> Rocker has one. Please confirm or deny this fact, so I can so it can leave my brain forever. Is the original Sardonicus logo font the Ninja Naruto font? If not, what is it? Legit, been wondering this from episode one. Is it? I don't know. Apparently, it is. I don't know. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Doesn't matter. It's. A, it, I. I did. I did some work myself on it. Like I added stuff. So it's not like, if it is the ninja font, that's not entirely it. Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't know if they call it that, though. I think it um, is. Maybe. M- Mecha Bobzilla left one. Um, <laughs> with so many great movies to look into, people tend to forget that failures can have merit, too. Learning from past mistakes, good ideas buried, etc. What, in your opinions, would you say are some of the most valuable cinematic failures to watch? Obviously, what jumps to my mind is Southland Tales. Like, I'm still obsessed with that movie. I haven't, I haven't built up the courage to watch it again. Is that new cast out yet? Terrible. <laughs> oh, is the that out one? yet? Maybe. It, oh, dude, mate, if that's out, maybe Southland Tales, the prequel or <laughs> sequel to <laughs> nonsense. I just that movie. I just I can't get enough of. Yeah, just... that Southland Tales was fucking awful. It was like trying to be a parody <laughs> of L.A. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was horrendous. What, what's the question? Bad movies? I don't want to revisit. Like, um, <laughs> what would you say are the most valuable cinematic failures to watch? I think valuable. The Last Airbender is up there. Yeah. Hmm. Um, That's a terrible. So, yeah, movie, yeah. Failures on that level, like I think Justice League at this point is like fascinating. Yeah, a lot of the <laughs> DC whole... stuff. Justice League, Batman vs. Every Superman, DC movie. Suicide Squad. <laughs> just a yeah, lot of just WB movies, man. They seem to be mm-hmm. making some of the worst trash. Yeah, and I saw like some lists like ranking them like number one, Man of Steel, number two, <laughs> and they put like James Gunn Suicide Squad like toward the bottom. It's all a matter of opinion, but yeah, I like the fun stuff at least. Stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It it depends how you define valuable, I guess, because there's some where where it's like fascinating that it happened, but the story behind it is like more interesting than what you see in the film, like Fantastic sort of thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I love a lot of disastrously bad movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the last one? Though? Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Battlefield Earth is funny. Yeah. Especially ones that flop really hard where it's like, okay, this is just yeah, a Yeah. Those mistake. are the ones I'm thinking of. 
Those are the ones yeah. you really got to take notes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Learn how this happened. Yeah. <laughs> Mars needs moms. <laughs> John, actually, oh John gosh. Carter, I don't think was that bad. I didn't see it. Yeah, nobody saw like it. Was, alert. It, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that was a big misstep. Yeah. That was like People a forget that period of trying Disney. to jump. Yeah. It was yeah. kind of a weird era for them. Marvel mm-hmm. kind they of really just saved the whole company, really. Marvel, Pixar, and a lot of smart choices they bought. You know, they bought Star mm. Wars too. I don't think that worked out as well in terms of the quality. I mean, just the quality yeah. of the movie. They probably I'm made, sure they money, made money, money from it at this point. Yeah. Maybe not as much as they would have liked because some mistakes they made. Oh, yeah. They never yeah, make it enough the for them to be happy. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The story's about as well written as like the Kissing Booth movies. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. All right. Next question. We have a uh, an, an interesting one here from Mister MM10, who just says, "Favorite pizza toppings." I'm cu- I'm curious oh, what we're gonna say from our different. Uh, no, you guys go first. I'm not giving you any answers. <laughs> as far as favorites are concerned, I'm gonna throw olives out there. How do we feel? Olives. Olives. Black yeah, olives. Black olives are good. I like black olives. Black olives. Yeah, yeah. Black olives. Yeah. They're a higher tier. Yeah, like pizza topping. What are the other high tier ones then in, in your <laughs> high mind? High tier? I don't like know. Cheese? Tomato sauce? Che- those are, no, those are just mandatory. <laughs> They're just default. Cheese, tomato sauce. That's, that that's how good and they are. They're, the, they, the we sausage. consider them mandatory. <laughs> Pepperoni. Those are the best. And then, you know, maybe a little... Uh, I like mushrooms on there. I do like mushrooms mm-hmm. on pizza. Mushrooms are good. To be honest, I feel like it's easier to say things I'd rather not have on one. There's only one thing I disliked on my pizza, and that was anchovies. The one time I got curious and tried anchovies on pizza. Maybe they were just shit quality or something, but like, holy fuck, they're way too salty. It just tastes like like shit fish, and like I'm eating like an actual (laughs) block of salt. Like if you had a sugar cube, but it was just salt. I think of Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. And I like, I peeled, I, I, it was so disgusting that I peeled them off the rest of the pizza, but the flavor had seeped into it that it didn't matter yeah, if I took them can't. off. And so uh-huh. the entire pizza it's too was late. So I don't know, maybe it's an acquired taste and I'll love it the second time. I have no idea. But I just, that was, that was the only pizza topping that I disliked ever. Because yeah, there's that whole Futurama episode where they like fight to get the final like kind of anchovies and they will take a bite and do that exact reaction that's funny because yeah like who actually likes yeah. it yeah anchovies no good sardines mm-hmm. is what i was thinking of actually that's in cloudy chance of meatballs uh, that's no oh, yeah, pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, where do you uh, guys pineapple. come down on the yeah pi- where do you come yeah. down on the pineapple nah i don't like it I gave it a yeah, chance. Yeah, but I think like, I'm with you. I don't like it. Whatever, not, you don't like it, I, but I you're not fucking throwing a temper order. tantrum over it for no reason. Like, what the hell? Why is that even a conversation? <laughs> oh, boo-hoo. There's people that like a pizza topping that I don't. I, I don't care how funny. much of it is ironic. <laughs> I don't care it how much of it is ironic. Like, it's so sweet. It's like how you feel about <laughs> the ham sweet. fish on a pizza. It's too salty. Ham is also sweet. Ham is kind of sweet you on pizza, too. put ham and pineapple together. It's ham and pineapple. That's like the that's the combination they do. It's like a fruit on pizza. Sorry, what are the yeah. fruits you put on pizza? Tomato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like oh, come on, raw sliced t- tomato. tomato is not like, like a, not like tomato a tricksy paste. one too. It's a fruit. Uh-huh. You're right. It is a fruit. But we already agreed <laughs> that tomato and cheese don't count. As no, you can do like pesto. roasted tomato. You, 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 you it doesn't even have to be like tomato okay, sauce. You can sun-dried. have like roasted, no, you're right, you're sun-dried right. tomatoes. Yeah. yeah, like that. That kind of pizza. I like that kind of pesto. I like chicken okay. on pizza. Like if you put chicken on pizza, that's that's good. 
I think. It's just strips of chicken. Yeah. Buffalo chicken pizza as well. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, if you like a really certain kind of food, try it on a pizza. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it most of the time, but like buffalo chicken actually. How do you guys feel pizza. about like calzones or calzonis? Or yeah, whatever. calzones like a pizza, except it's like folded. So you say pizza, you just fold in half. It's yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> it's not a slice. Yeah. It, yeah. It's good. Yeah, exactly. Like anything you want, like if you want buffalo chicken and a calzone, you can do that. It's good. It's just like whatever you put in. I'm pretty easy Ham going. And pineapple and a calzone. That's not so good. Yeah. I'm not like a super picky person. If I order mm-hmm. myself a pizza, I'm probably going to do some like create your own monstrosity where I just get like a shit ton of vegetables. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd be really straightforward. Just, yeah. Yeah. The pepperoni is usually the way to go and sausage. That's it. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm down i'm down to try anything some of the best pizzas i've yeah. had have been like um just like some basic restaurant ones where it's like it's like arugula and maybe some like balsamic syrup or something and like some yeah. feta and oh, like really? mushroom i like think yeah like greek, greek ones like flatbreads are good yeah apparently some people have pears on their pizza <laughs> Pears. Oh, interesting. I Did you just Google that, what actually. fruits go on pizza? No, no. It just came to me. I remember having a conversation with someone, and they were like, "Yeah, my sister like uh, likes pears on her pizza." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was, yeah, it's a thing, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I like I like mushrooms on pizza. You could put like rosemary or like some kind of I don't know rosemary, maybe basil, maybe yeah, maybe basil, like some kind of thing like that on pizza. Basil is another one of those. Um, we say it differently here. We say basil here. Basil. basil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that from? There's a character named Basil in a movie. We got Basil Brush over movie. here. It's a pretty big Basil character. Basil. <laughs> All right. All right. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty easy Definitely. going with pizzas. Done. Have you had like uh, different kinds of slices, like Sicilian slice? That's like square pizza. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. You don't. Really yeah. This is the part like I miss out on. Kind of can. The different like. It's really different like American styles of pizza, right? Yeah, there's grandma slice, which is like, it's like Sicilian, it's a little thinner. I like grandma slice. Go to Chicago and have some Lou Malnati's or Giordano's and you'll be like, wow, this is really interesting. Like Uno? That's, I don't like deep dish pizza really. That's fine. It's good if you, I mean like, I don't like Uno. I bet if I went to Chicago, the pizza's probably good. Like, Go to Chicago and get Lou Malnati's. In New York, you could go just anywhere for pizza, it's good. Mm -hmm. Unless deep dish. (laughs) I don't know about that. Yeah, you might be like risking it there. Yeah, I would like to try New York pizza. <laughs> yeah, it's good, and and Italy, so, of course, Italy has good pizza. <laughs> they have delicious pizza in Italy. Yeah. It's different. Damn, St- yeah, it's Stan Bates awesome. Mm-hmm. The two best pizza spots. Sarcast Don says, "What backstories behind a film's production altered your perception of a film upon rewatch? Example: I recently rewatched Another Round while knowing the whole tragedy involving the writer director." Thomas Vinterberg's daughter dying in a car accident. The story was changed in the middle of production to become more life-affirming. Knowing this and other details about this film's development and production drastically changed my experience the second time around. Weird, I didn't know that. Um, Yeah, I I had a similar uh, reaction to this person when I found that out. Um, It does add a different slant to that movie. Um, Yeah. 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 I don't know. Fucking... Obviously, the uh, Justice League disaster, you know, you can't 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The more you understand about uh, that, the more you're like, okay, it's Warner Brothers' fault, I guess. It seems yeah. like everyone's pointing the finger at them. Yeah. I think it's Warner Brothers' fault. Yeah. <laughs> and Josh Sweden. I think there's a person to blame, Josh Sweden. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And Jeff Johns. Jeff Geoff Johns. <laughs> it's one of those. His first yeah, name's either yeah. Geoff or his first name's either John. <laughs> Yeah, he's got one of those hard to say names. Jeff, fucking people. Jeff, John, John, John Jeff, <laughs> John <laughs> Jeffries, and then John Sweet, Jim, a Jim Jeffries. I guess um, the like backstory of um, Stalker was oh was yeah, geez. kind of changed the perception. That's, That's a, a big one, <laughs> a wacky yeah, one. Yeah, Stalker, right? Those people died making it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they like basically made it twice, sort of thing. It's like just insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make the movie better or worse. I, I don't want people to hurt, get hurt making a film, of course. It's just, mm-hmm. you, you're like, wow, really? It, it adds something to it, yeah. So yeah, another story. Uh-huh. Especially the, what that film is about. Like, the environment of it, the lifelessness of the movie. Mm-hmm. Grimness the radioactive of yeah, nature like, of the wow. environment. Yeah, radioactive yeah. nature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it's, yeah, it, it does is add, disturbing. like, another layer of fear right. like, when you're watching right. it. Like, yeah. Okay, let's find one more here to end on. Weird one here from Feeling Ad six seven one five. Have you guys ever been in a fist fight? <laughs> Seventy two <No>. upvotes. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But I was um, like a kid, like in the playground, like. Oh yeah, not for, that, yeah. Kind of, nah, not as like an adult. Yeah, like so, I would tell a teacher on me, or I'd punch him. Like not for. <laughs> Not in a serious one. I've like put on boxing yeah. gloves and boxed my friends. It's not really a fist fight. Uh, mm. Yeah, not really. Not, not Nothing serious. No. Good. <laughs> yeah, how about you, Alex? <laughs> yeah, n- none for me. As long as yeah. you're discounting like when you're little kids, like you said. <laughs> never to, fought yeah. anyone as an I, adult. I think, I think that <laughs> to get into a fist fight, you need to be a type of person that like thinks that that proves something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, at this point, yeah, because it doesn't yeah, actually accomplish anything. Either you're looking for a fight, yeah. or you're not very good at uh, diffusing situations or walking away from them. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to avoid those situations. Yeah. For, it's kind of illegal to hit another person, and it's also it can be very expensive with legal charges. And if someone gets hurt, yeah, and in America, go. someone can just pull out a gun. <laughs> yeah. In America, well, yeah, everybody's hacking. Yeah, someone could get hurt. <laughs> Yeah, Whip you know, out someone could throw a glass at you and get hurt. Like, yeah, there's just a million things that you could happen. Yeah. You don't know; it's unpredictable. Don't so trust your alcohol confidence. Obviously, this this like self defense situations 100 yeah. percent that you need to do that. Yeah. That's why you should know self defense and like how to fight. You want to avoid violent for, people, but you want to avoid even that. if you yeah. think you can I, beat I them up. Try to avoid that. Yeah, like if you get into fist fights like intentionally. Like, I don't even know if you can agree to get into a fist fight anymore. I don't think even that's like allowed. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I think someone probably call a cost on you too. Like if you like, oh, I'm gonna meet you here, we're gonna do a fist fight. Like, yeah. It's just it's you can, unnecessary. You can, <laughs> if you can die from no like falling and hitting your head on the fucking sidewalk, you know. Well, yeah, you People can die, die like anything. that all the time. You, fucker, no, like you, know, like you can die from just serious, fist. Man. You give someone a fucking yeah. concussion, you hit them hard enough. You don't know who you're fighting. Like Yeah, it's just a bad idea. And people like romanticize yeah. fights because they see like fight scenes in movies. Then you <laughs> right. can see a, like what a fight actually looks like. like right. They, they're like, oh, like this online is awesome. or whatever. 
That's really yeah, intense, it's like man. The most, it's like the most yeah, pathetic, movie, it's like, cool. grappling. It's not like, real. It's like two drunk people just stumbling around, like, flailing around their, their yeah. limbs. It's just like Like in Mad Men when they fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fight. Like, it's fucking hilarious, though. People don't do that anymore. <laughs> I guess they do, but I, I just don't know anyone who, who would do that at this stage of my life it, in high school mm-hmm. i knew people like that yeah yeah you yeah. get fist fights people get fist fights like in the hallway <laughs> over bullshit like you know mm-hmm. fighting over girlfriend or whatever yeah 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 <laughs> all right don't fight uh, no, that about does it for questions make fun of tarantino for this is fucking... a love and peace podcast i mean he wasn't fighting the guy but he was like flailing his fist at him trying to knock his phone out of his hand <laughs> I'll throw my like, copy on you, man. It's not fucking necessary. <laughs> yeah, it's not the solution in the majority no, it of situations. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, that about does it for questions. I guess that there is a recommendation from Alex, and we have to remember, because we swapped things around last time, that it's back to me again and then Ralph next time. But oh, yeah. okay. right now it's Alex. What is the film that you want to recommend? So, um, this is a film I haven't seen. I think out of us three, the only one who's seen it is Adam. Um, but I think we could get some interesting conversation out of this one. That being, I think it was 2016's Your Name. Oh. <laughs> made a movie. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <yeah. laughs> All right. I'm excited. <laughs> you don't want to be spoiled for <laughs> evil laugh. Your name. Oh, it's already in my watch list. <laughs> 2016 okay, film. Yeah, that's too. Made a lot of money. It's, it's an anime, anime from Japan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, it's anime. And watch it before this. The next episode. These episodes come out every two weeks. The next one should be out in one week, though, because this one came out late. Um. So yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled, then watch it. Fucking God, I have to watch this movie again. <laughs> All right. Um, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, if you want to support the show, $2 a month, sardonicast.com. Sign up for premium. You'll get these episodes early as they're edited. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Also, we got merch. Happy Shrek, everybody. And um, happy second COVID for Alex. Thank you. <laughs> you survived. Thanks for listening. Times and, two. Uh, yeah. Here's to many more COVIDs for Alex. Yeah, how <laughs> many more sure. waves can go through me? <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Get vaccinated. Bye bye.